This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Carm Capriato, Remarkable Results Radio, the Aftermarket's premier business acumen podcast. We talk to coaches and shop owners and technicians and consultants and authors. Boy, do we have fun each and every Friday afternoon. We release this episode Thursday in our podcast stream. So we're going to talk about labor rates today. I don't think we can talk about it enough. I don't think we could hit hard enough as far as the group of coaches that are with me. I'd like to introduce them to you right now. Chris Cotton, Auto Fix Auto Shop Coaching. Hey, Chris. Hey, how's it going? We are great on the web at autoshopcoaching.com. And Rick White is here. Chief Cook and Bottle Washer from 180biz.com. Hey, Rick. That's why I have a sink full of dishes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Dave Shadeen, Master Coach and Mentor from CompuTrek Automotive Solutions. Hey, man. Yeah, great to be here. And I, I have a little bit of that sinking feeling with Rick as well. <laughs> <laughs> and that, but great to be here, man. You know what I love about this? It's like Java. We're having our cup of Java with the coaches unscripted, not JavaScript, but unscripted, because we just get to have fun and hang out. And we get to talk about a passion, I believe, all of us. And that's that stinking labor rate. Yeah, you know, I feel like I'm a referee in a ring with this group. And pretty much my part will be just to circle the troops and stay out of their way. Okay, that's what my goal is going to be. Hey, first of all, Two great high fives to our continued sponsors here on the Town Hall Academy. You know, don't waste your text time while you start an RO from scratch. Dispatch faster so they get on with their repair. With Shopware's exclusive expediter software, your staff saves time, works more accurately, and speeds up service on the web at GetShopware.com. And when you turn to Delphi Technologies for your chassis needs, quality is always at the forefront. Material and dimensional enhancements as well as 700 hours worth of salt spray testing goes into each and every chassis part produced. Visit Delphi aftermarket.com to see over 8,000 chassis parts Delphi has in stock for you. I can't wait for this group here to jump in this thing. What I believe and I hope we talk about today is never setting your labor rates by your competitor down the road. That would be a no-no. Also, Labor rate increases need to happen more often than every maybe three years because you maybe have forgotten to do it. And teaching your staff where the money goes, Chris, I think you believe in that. Like you and I have talked about the survey that I'm doing with technicians and why they're leaving the industry. And one of the comments that I see, like every other comment is, as a technician, they think they should get half of the labor rate. And I don't know where that comes from. And I'm hearing it like I get several comments a day, but it's and I wonder if we didn't do a better job of teaching them where the money goes, they would maybe back off of that a little bit. I think they think if we get like one hundred and seventy five or two hundred dollars an hour for labor rate, which I know everybody's head just exploded, but that's probably where you should be, that they think they should get half of it. And they also don't factor in taxes and benefits and things like that. So I'm a big proponent of showing everybody where the money goes, where it comes from, how it trickles down and how little the owner actually gets when it's an owner that doesn't know what they don't know. Right. So for me, one of the ways that I teach to do this, I think sharing your numbers with your staff is the way to go. But for those of you that aren't, what I want you to do is get a dollar's worth of change. And what I want you to say is, hey, 20 cents, that's parts cost, right? And you just go through 
all your different expenses, and you're going to end up with somewhere between 10 and 20 cents at the bottom. And what it does, hopefully you're going to end up at 10 and 20 cents. I say most, <laughs> most, most people have a nickel or less. But I was going to say, yeah, it's going to be a nickel or less for most shops. But what you want to do is be able to show them where that money is going, because you'd be amazed at how many people, and honestly, it's not just techs, that think, wow, I'm giving you all this money. I had a client one time tell me, I gave you $2,100 last year. And I went, sir, you didn't give me crap. You know, respectfully, we worked for that. And out of that, I got this. And I appreciate it, but please, it didn't all go in my pocket, right? And and that's what people don't understand. But I just feel like people, shop owners particularly, need to understand that the labor rate is a pretty important part of their income and their overall gross profit model. Labor, if it's done right, should be the most profitable income stream you have, okay? And can we all agree that labor costs are going up? Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, one of the things that I use as a coach is if we go in and we modify systems, change behaviors, we have behavior modification, but that's not a lasting transformation. And so what I want to create, and I know that most coaches that I talk to, they want that lasting transformation. They don't want to just give you a booster shot and have to keep coming back and giving you booster shops. I want my shops to be able to stand alone. And part of that is I use labor to point to the thinking in the shop. And here's where labor is a radar for coaches to go, okay, how much, because there's the F word is around labor. And if you don't charge enough, then you create the second F word. <laughs> but fear is dominant. And what I want to see is I want to see what's the fear around labor. I'm afraid of my customers, which ultimately comes down to a lot of different reasons. I'm afraid to show my books to my people because I'm afraid people are going to rip me off. I'm going to, there's a lot of fear running around. And when we go to labor, we can, you know, we've got a labor rate calculator, developer tool that it's phenomenal, but it's irrelevant if we don't take care of the fear that's in place first. What Rick just did there is a mindset every shop owner should have. Reduce it to the ridiculous. Show in one sense how easy it is, how little it takes to have a very robust labor rate. And then as you reduce it to the ridiculous, you're like, wow, that's all it cost me for that year? My courtesy reliability inspections. I spent dollars $30,000 on that, but it cost me $2.47 per hour. That's easy. I can raise my labor rate by $2.47. You know what? And then for all the rest of the things that we do. But if we don't go after fear, and if you're a shop owner, Man, I really encourage you, step back a little bit before you look at your labor rate. Where's the fear in my business? Because you're going to apply that same fear to get there. And Einstein said something is that we cannot solve the current problems with the thinking that actually got us into that problem. Great point. Hey, guys, I want to stop for a moment and talk about Rick's point about that dollar and sharing it out. We did an episode back in February of 21, okay, more than two years ago with Patrick McHugh. We called it Where the Money Goes. And it was something that I traveled around the country with back when I worked in corporate America. And we were using $100, Rick, you were talking about a dollar. It just doesn't matter how it works, but there's that whole ability. If you watch that episode and listen to Patrick and I talk about this, I even think in the show notes, Tunnel Academy 210, I think we even maybe have some handouts or what the slides or the the spreadsheet looks like so that we can help our people understand. So let me ask this question. Is it possible that we don't share it because we don't know where the numbers of the money goes ourselves or as owners? I mean, it's a possibility. In fact, it's a likelihood. I mean, I'm talking to a shop owner next week and I said, I need your financials. And he's like, well, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And they're like, I don't have financials. 
And that's still, I mean, I don't know if you both agree, but it's still pretty rampant today. Yeah, 60% of the shops that come to me don't have like a ready financial statement, probably. Yeah, they got, they'll dust one off from, you know, six months ago from last year or whatever. And here's my shoebox. And they'll show you a P&L on a balance sheet, but there's no cash flow statement. You need all three. The reality is the biggest audience that owners come from in our industry is technicians. And that's a fact. But the faster we can get them out of technician thinking and into owner thinking, the better off they're going to be. And it's pretty cool. I mean, I had a one-on-one with one of our clients. It's a husband and wife team. And he's the technician. They started the shop six months ago, seven months ago. They're doing fantastic. But he still has the technician mindset of, I'm going to fix this car no matter what. I don't care whether we get paid for it or not. And it's like, you know, yesterday we were talking about getting a new tech. And he's like, well, I don't want it to be about hours. And I'm like, it's got to be be about hours. You know, we're hiring these people to produce hours. And one of the things I think is super important, you know, we're going to talk about calculating labor rates and stuff as we go along, I'm sure. We're going to tell you not to set your labor rate off your competition, but don't set it on your incompetence either. Right. 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 Don't set it where, hey, you know, my guys are only billing four hours a day. I'm going to charge this much. You have a productivity issue, not a labor rate issue. Right. And you've got to be able to distinguish the two of those. Well, I got contacted in the last couple of days, shop, their labor rates 219.20, but their effective labor rates 109. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's the yep. type of shop you're talking about. Just because you suck, don't make the customer pay for that, right? Like you got to figure out all those issues in your own shop before you can move forward. I do want to talk about, I also think that shop owners that that are technicians, because they think what they do is easy, they don't have as much self-esteem or value for what they do. I can't fix anything. Like you put a toaster somewhere, I can't fix it. $200 for a toaster electrician, fine, I don't care. You need to realize that your customers are paying you for a service and you need to charge correctly. Yeah. So, and, you know, as we look at labor and you know, ultimately getting down to, you know, how do you, what's a good method to calculate it from a simple to a very intricate way to do it? There's three labors. Actually, there's four labors in a shop there's diagnostic, preventative maintenance, and repair. And each one of those are done at a different level. And so each one has a different volume, each one has a different efficiency. And I'll go over this here in just a second, Carm, with the three different labors really create that. So in our labor rate calculator, based all three labors, is we just simply put in the number of repair orders that a shop did in the last 12 months, the number of labor parts and everything's included in parts, sublet, we typical, you know, sales type thing. We don't necessarily need to break parts down. What was the true COGS for the year? What was the true fixed operations? And I still have a lot of clients that even after been through training, Okay, what's the difference between fixed and variable again? So when we coach and train, a lot of times we've got to do it a couple different times, but it breaks it down to, okay, so if the plane's going down, who do you put the oxygen mask on first? Yourself. Well, inside of your labor rate, the first thing you should calculate in is I've got 25% net profit that really goes to the shop owner. And I believe in today's society, the liability that we have as shop owners, it needs to be at 25%. And so if you go down to the next box, okay, if our labor rate goal needs to be 74% and I got a tech who's paid 50 bucks an hour, it calculates it. I need 192, but is that enough? And now we take the annualized labor expenses, like your courtesy reliability is 0.3 times your $50 an hour, most expensive guy. If you had to pay him to do them, you got 30 grand cost of that. Your coupons, your discounting, your annual warranty, 
what is that? Your courtesy arena rechecks, vacation cost. And this was actually off of a live shop. So if you scroll down just a little bit more to the red there, you see that's 238,000 in a year. But if you break it down, this shop was over, you know, almost three hours per operator. Scroll down to the next section. This is what each one per hour actually cost you. It's $41 to pay that 238 based on this shop's business model. So now that starting point of a labor rate to be at the right goal, 192, the owner gets 48, the highest paid tech gets 50. So there's another good way to show your techs that they're getting more. Annual labor cost, and then the total fixed cost is 50% of that gets put in there. So the 192, it's short by about 18 bucks. So this shop needs a labor rate of 210. And the last 15 or 20 shops that I've done this exercise with, every one of them is hovering 210 to 220. So shop owners, you're not going to be that profitability that you want. It's the industry marketplace current conditions. You need 210 to 220 to get going. And we do this customized, you know, on a shop. But really, as I talk about each one of these points with the shop, as I go down line by line, I can sense and see the fear coming up. And that's the area that this is just a compass for me. At the end of it, we get a great labor rate. But at the end of it, we also get a roadmap of what they get to work on that's actually driving their business. Well, and, and you know, the reality is fear is a big deal, isn't it? Yeah. We have fear of not paying enough, fear of paying too much. We have a fear of clients walking away. And I don't think clients walk away. I think customers walk away. Yes. Right. I really think that's super, super important. Your labor rate isn't going to scare your clients away. It's going to qualify them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's super, super important to understand. And please, if you hear nothing else out of this show today, you will never grow from a place of fear. It is not physically possible because fear causes you to contract and withdraw. You will not grow from fear. You want to identify the fear, but understand that fear is not real. Fear is your imagination gone awry, right? In fact, I heard this really cool thing. Denzel Washington said that fear is contaminated faith. I like that. I yeah. really do like that. You know, so, when it comes to fear, those of us who are faith-based, there's a scripture that says, Faith without works is dead. That's a principle that works. Fear without works is dead. And the opposite, love with works is alive. Courage with works is alive. And if we're doing the works at the emotional and tangible level, our tangible results from our labor rate, parts matrix, workflow is going to be so much more exponentially higher. The problem with it is, is that most shop owners, they don't see their fear. They think it's normal. Here's a fear statement. All the coaches have heard this. We've all heard it. Well, I just need to be fair market value. That is a glorious fear statement, pure and simple. And so because they don't see their blind spots, so to speak, that's why coaches are so integral to your business. A peer group process, an individual coach, and more than just a business coach, but a life coach, some sort of mentor in your life. You know, at one point, I was going to rename my company Blindside Coaching with a tagline. Bet you didn't see that coming <laughs> because that's what, you know, that's what we do. We are unemotionally attached to your precious fear and we get to come in and serve you well by redirecting your thinking to get the results that you say that you actually want. Yeah. And it's numbers based, right? Not emotional based, not relationship based with yeah. the with the employees. Several months ago, another coaching company in the industry, I'm not going to name any names, put out an article 
that was kind of bashing coaches talking about all you do is raise the labor rate. Well, that's usually the first thing we do to provide value to the client, but also because that's 90% of them are screwed up on their labor rate anyway. So that's, I mean, what do you want me to realize that your labor rate $60 too low and not change it? And I have yet to have, I've never had a client that we've gone in and, and raised the labor rate that we've had to go back and drop it because everybody right. threw a fit. 100% of the time, none of the customers realize it. And the only person that has problem with it is the owner. Yeah. Well, and you know, the reality is some people are going to say, hey, how much is, right? What's your labor rate? Well, and that stuff. And, you know, here's how I always responded to that. I'm happy to answer that for you, but I need you to know that's the wrong question to ask. Nice. Right? And they'll go like, what do you mean? What's the right question? Well, let me answer your question first. Here's our labor rate. And then I, at the time when I had my shop, I had a shop owner down the street or next town over, I should say, that was charging $30 an hour less than I was. And he was more expensive than me. And I just, I showed them, I said, this shop you would think would be cheaper, right? And he goes, yeah. I said, well, we were $80 cheaper on the same job, right? So this is the truth, right? Is instead of being afraid of the price, flip the conversation to value as quickly as possible. Well, you know, you're $210 an hour. Let me tell you what you get, right? As soon as that starts, go right into the value statement and understand the value that you bring to the table. But here's the problem. Here's the kick in the pants. The kick in the pants is this thing called the curse of knowledge. We talked about this. It takes about 10,000 hours for you to get really, really good at something. And by the time you achieve those 10,000 hours, you don't think it's a big deal what you know anymore. You don't value what you know. You don't value what you do. And that's a problem because I got to tell you something. There are people out there that watch what you do and they think you're a damn magician. You're a car whisperer. But the fact is, if you don't value what you bring to the table, nobody else is ever going to. Labor's done in the context of time. And there's labor elements that are no longer going to be about time. And we're old school. We're so stuck in our ways that we've tied labor to time. Time is a way to track it, manage it, motivate it, incentivize it, market it. But in reality, like when it comes to diagnostics, we're running high-skilled, high-tech test. You know, I had a migraine headaches as in my early 20s. Went to a doctor, spent seven hours over an hour. 75 bucks. He had to send me to a specialist. I go to have an MRI. It's an hour long. $76 for the doctor visit for time, but the MRI was $3,700, which I got the bill in the mail. They thought I had insurance. I didn't have a self-pay at the time. That was an eye-opener. That took years to pay off. But you think about it, the time, it's not about time. It's about the high-tech skilled technician at the time, the $1.2 million MRI machine that they had, and when based on what they charged me, I didn't figure it out. Well, they had this thing paid off in 12 months <laughs> from what they charged. And that, and so, which helped me develop a ROI calculator for shops. But when we look at labor, we're looking at it as time. And as Rick said, it's about value. And when I was a service manager in a Chevrolet dealership, we were at 1.67 hours for parator. A coach came in, coached me on value words and reasonings, VWR. In four and a half days, we went from 1.67 hours for parator to 3.33. We doubled the size of the reparator. 
In six months, we went from the bottom CSI in the Pacific region of Chevrolet to the top 20. And it was never about the money. We doubled, customers spent twice as much. What happened is, is I teed up fear. I teed up, I didn't think it was a value. I can do that job in a short amount of time. We can knock that off. I didn't even talk to the tech. I took his time away. And so there's a lot of things going on. And when he showed me, forget about the price, Dave. Don't make it the focal point. And here's where most shops, when they raise labor rate, they start shaking in fear and their fear is even higher. And my coaching to them is that when you labor, raise your labor rate, and some of you got to do 10, 20, 30 bucks an hour, if not more, immediately. But when you do that, sell your labor, whatever you set it at, sell it at $20 more than what you just set it. Say enough words that it makes sense that you should charge $20 more. And you'd be surprised how fast that fear will just be displaced. Hey, stop guessing and get working on the next car or the opportunity to buy a second shop. Now, once you can see through the fog of numbers coming at you all day, you use less brain power to make better decisions. Start with reading the gauges on every bay and every tech with Shopware's Capacity Dashboard. Now, it makes it easy to see where you can squeeze in one more repair. Then get an overview of every business metric in your shop. Build your reports your way so the numbers that drive you jump out at you whenever you need them. Even if you add more shops to your operation, all the numbers end up consolidated by location or any way you want to slice and dice them. You're in control every step of the way, customizing as you go. Get a clear view. Get more profits. Get Shopware.com. As the trusted aftermarket brand for over 100 years, Delphi Technologies is by your side for every step of the repair process. The Delphi journey doesn't stop once the parts are ordered. Wherever your journey takes you, our quality parts gives you ease of mind when getting your customer's vehicle back on the road. Technicians know and trust Delphi as a quality brand. Each product undergoes rigorous testing to not only meet OE standards, but also enhance it in each opportunity. From 700 hours of spray testing on chassis components to fuel pumps tested for reliability up to 150,000 miles. And safety and reliability is paramount to help vehicles drive cleaner, better, and further throughout their lives. Delphi is also committed in developing products and services to prepare technicians for the future. Take advantage of how-to videos on YouTube, technician-led trainings, and our technical support line, and more. Turn to the aftermarket parts supplier with over 100 years of OEM trust and quality. Learn more about Delphi. Visit DelphiAftermarket.com. Every single time I talk to a coach, do a show, and we talk about raising labor rates, we talk about how does your client react that you finally got them over the line to convince them to make the move. Then my next question was, is to your one of your points earlier, Rick, customer versus client, how many people did you lose? None. I'd love for you guys to cover that, how it happened. And then is it easier the second time when you have to do some analysis is, listen, costs are going up crazy, crazy costs are going up. I'm getting to the point where I'm ready to boycott buying anything. And I know that's not the right thing to do, but we have to pay attention to the real world and manage our labor rates since it's one of our highest profit structures in the company. Talk to me about the fear, the fear of getting over the fear. I think a big part of it is understanding that, yeah, you're going to lose a couple of people. But really, it turns out to be a couple 
So I was talking to one owner recently and I said, do, how do you qualify? Do you qualify your customers? He goes, yes. And I said, how do you do that? I was like, if it's got four wheels and a key, I can fix it. And I'm like, we need to talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? We need a higher standard than that. I've said this in classes. I want to create, I want to invent a doorknob that measures the amount of crazy in a person. And basically that doorknob, you can preset the level of craziness you're happy with. But if they're above that, the door locks and won't let them in. In fact, it'll give them a little jolt, right? So, you know, negative reinforcement. But until we get that doorknob, we've got to get really, really elegant at the front counter to make sure that the people we're working with, we can make happy. You hear the phrase, well, you need to fire your customers. And what I found is that in the nine years I had Dave's Auto Repair in Gig Harbor, I only fired one verbally, but I fired a lot. Actually, I didn't fire him. My level of excellence, my level of professionalism, my level of doing it right the first time was never compromised on. And I shouldn't say never. When I did, it always bit me in the butt. I'm the guy who lost, the customer lost, the team lost whenever I compromised. And so what I did is I held the mandate of high level of excellence. I had somebody come in with a power steering hose leak. And I said, okay, well, you know, you need power steering hose and the power steering complete fluid ex- cleaning and fluid exchange. Well, I just want the hose, just top it off. And I go, that's not going to be good for your vehicle. I'm not going to do that, especially in those years. GM racks and pumps and that, where t- you got to get that stuff out of there. There's a reason your hose failed. The hose didn't fail on its own. There's a reason. And I told all the value words and reasons. And he said, no, I don't want to do that. I just want the hose. And, and I said, well, okay, well, then you'll need to take it to another shop that's willing to compromise on your vehicle, forcing you to pay more. I'm personally, I'm just not going to do that. You're probably going to need to find a different shop. And they're like, what? You're not going to do what I tell you to do? I go, I'm going to do what's best for your car. And if you don't want to do that method, you can certainly find another shop that's willing to compromise. And probably 95% of the customers goes, you know what? I appreciate that. Especially the controller drivers who go, you know, nobody's ever stood up to me before. (laughs) And I say, well, you know what? I'm watching your wallet. And I know if I do that, you're going to come back in six months. Well, how come I did that? Well, because we just topped it off. Well, why didn't you change the fluid? Well, they don't remember what they directed to me. If you're willing to lose, if you hold your hand open to your customers and your employees and everything in life, you're going to find how much more will stay. The more you control to try and keep them, the more they want to run. And the ones that do leave, thank God they finally left. (laughs) Well, an amazing thing happens when you start charging correctly and running your business like a business. Your average repair order goes up, your margins go up. You don't have to have all these extra cars that you say yes to that you really don't need because you're making money on the cars that you really are working on. I've got a a client that I'm working with, 100 plus cars a week is just like a a hamster wheel. And I'm like, we got to cut this back to 75 cars a week. And he's like, oh no, we can't do that. I'm like, I don't care, 75 cars a week, that's all you're allowed. Our average repair order almost doubled cutting it back. And all we did was we slowed down. We worked smarter, not harder. And amazing things happen when you run your business. And now they're controlling their schedule instead of their schedule controlling them. There's a Canadian coach, uh, automotive coach, Kelly Bennett. I don't know if you guys know him and that, but he was famous for saying, it's not about car count. It's about making every car count. And I love that phrase because it really is. And you you slow it down to make it manageable and your appointment scheduler. Here's one of the number one things that affects poor labor flow, the appointment scheduler. When you have diagnostics, get it in the night before. Us master level techs, I want it cold through warm up. There's things that I can only check cold through warm up, especially when you get mass airflow sensor readings now that are you're at sea level and it's reading 1700 feet, but no code. 
you won't see that. Anyway, so get it staged. So in the morning, here's what happens. Get the diagnostic in the morning, stage it in the stall that's supposed to be, that the tech's going to work on. Because now we have, you know, hey, bring it down in the morning, Mr. Jones, Mr. Smith. Everybody brings it down first thing in the morning. Now you got five people at the counter, one, two advisors. When does the tech get their first repair order? They start at eight. They get it at 8.20, 8.30, right? You got 20 minutes a day built into your system based on your appointment schedule. Meanwhile, you get the diag in the night before. It's in their stall while we're fumbling around up front. They're getting there. Well, hopefully we don't fumble because now we take control of the shop's appointment scheduler. It is not the customer's. Well, when would you like to bring it in, Mr. Jones? Don't tee that up because now, guess what? If you can't do it, then guess what? You got to tell your customer no. And, and guess what? You're training your customer to say no. Train your customer to say yes by your appointment schedule right off the bat. That was a whole nother subject. I appreciate where all you guys are going. This is this is great. But I, I want to kind of go back to the labor rate. The topic is setting it from the ground floor up. David, thank you so much. You're going to watch this on YouTube. Then you'll be able to see the chart that David brought and he showed and explained. Comprehensive, no doubt. Obviously, you're going to have to hire Dave to order to do that. But in the other case of all the other coaches, are you going through some kind of formulation no matter what the number is, you hire a brand new, Rick, a brand new client comes to you and you see a number. You say, when's the last time you raised your rate? And you look at some other financial indicators. Are you still doing some kind of math to go to back into what a net profit should be in order to come up with a new suggested rate? Or are you saying, look, based on what's going on in the market, what I know about your community, a laborratetracker.com from Tom Ham. We need to go here and then we'll worry about how we got, if we have it set right. Help the listeners know I've spent all this time listening to this show. What do I do now? So for me, everything is math. And because if it's not math, it's emotion. I get in trouble with emotion, right? And because it's always fear. It's never like, we're going to go up at a labor rate. It's math. Like I just talked to one client in North Carolina and he told me his labor rate and I went, holy crap, when was the last time you shopped around? And I'm doing this on purpose. I'm not doing it so he sets his rate based on what other people are charging. I want him to have the confidence, right? It's my way of taking some of the fear away so that I can say, okay, well, you know, they're getting, you know, like you're here, they're getting this. Are they better than you? What shop owner ever says yes? Mm-hmm. Right. So are they better than you? Well, no, I'm better. Well, then that seems like you should be a little higher than them, don't you think? And it just starts that conversation. But it's always math. Now, for me, I like to keep things as simple as I possibly can. Right. And we have a profit model that we have all spread up and we have a spreadsheet that does all income streams. But ultimately, for me, it's simply 75 percent gross profit on labor. That's the goal. Okay. And then we have an overall net profit. But, you know, we want to make sure that we're getting that now. Part of this is raising the labor rate at regular intervals, not waiting six years or somebody says, hey, man, when was the last time you changed the labor rate? One of my favorite tools is the Bureau of Labor has a inflation calculator. So I will put their labor rate in from six years ago and then say, hey, what's this worth today? And they say, wow, it went up 20 bucks. And I went, no, you don't understand. It's $20 more now just to have the same buying power yes. as it did the day you said it. You're not going up, you're maintaining. That's one of my favorite tools. They see that and they're like, holy crap. So you want to get it so that you're adjusting it. I like quarterly. Some people do it monthly. It doesn't matter. Don't wait a year. Right. Do it every quarter. 
most coaches are going to have Excel sheets coming out of their ears. So uh, we have an Excel sheet for that. But ultimately, one of the key areas that kills you on labor rate, your effective rate is your canned jobs. When you go up on your labor rate, make sure you go to your canned jobs and update the labor there because typically they're set to a fixed rate and they will not adjust automatically. Say you had a tech who's 35 bucks an hour and for whatever reason that you're going to give them $10 more an hour. And our goal is 75% labor GP. You pay my tech $10 more. I just got to raise my labor rate $10 more. No, to hit the same GP goal, the same GP percent goal, you got to raise that $10, multiply it by three and a half to four to get the same GP percent goal that you had. And so it comes down to math. And when you look at maximizing your labor rate is build it ahead of the game. Most shops are building a labor rate from a, a reactionary mindset versus, I love what Rick said, change it quarterly. Doesn't matter what, if inflation didn't go up, it didn't matter. Things are going up. And right now, and this is going on record, if we're not paying our master level tech 60 to 80 bucks an hour, we are never going to fix our technician problem. If we are not hiring apprentices at 25 to 30 bucks an hour, where we expect them to buy 7,500 grand worth of tools, why wouldn't they go work at McDonald's now getting 18 bucks an hour? That's a whole lot less money than buying $75,000 worth of tools. And they show up, they get medical, dental, they get all this stuff, right? We have got to fix our industry. And the only way we can fix that industry is, I'm sorry, Mr. Consumer, but it's the marketplace. It's what it is. You want the best technician? Great. That's 60 to 80 bucks an hour. And here's what needs to be in place because I'm certainly as an owner, I don't want to have a McDonald's pay scale. I'm not getting paid 18 bucks an hour. I can't live. I can't survive on that. So it needs to be profitable from everybody and be proactive setting your labor rate. Don't wait. Keep a rhythm of it. Put it in your calendar on a monthly, quarterly. You know what? Review the labor rate. I'm working with a shop now. And because of the way we coach, he puts in his outlook when he's going to raise the labor rate and it pops up on my outlook. And it's just, it's phenomenal. And now I can say, okay, and I do the same thing. And that's a great awareness, Rick. So many shops miss that. You got to go set your canned jobs. Your super highway to estimating is your canned jobs. You got to go ones, the ones that you fix the labor rate in it to a solid number. You got to go fix that. I feel like when it comes to benefits and, and compensation, I feel like as an industry, we're coming to a gunfight with a knife. Yeah. We are so underprepared and unwilling to step up because our competitor today is not our competitor for help today, especially entry level is not the other shop. Our competitor today is Target. Our competitor today is McDonald's and Kohl's. And, you know, I, right here in Harrisonburg, Virginia, I mean, we're not talking a huge, you know, huge city. You can go to Target and get 20 bucks an hour, right? It's air conditioned in the summer. It's heated in the, in the winter. I get benefits right off the bat. I got 401k. I got profit sharing. I got all this stuff. And I'm talking to owners that want to pay them $12 an hour <laughs> with nothing. Right. And I'm standing there saying, no, no, you got to buy them the tools. Stop expecting them to get the tools. You buy the damn tools. You supply the tools. I can't do that. Well, it's because your labor rate's not high enough. Right. One of the comments I wanted to make when David talked about, and Rick, all of you guys, 16 to 18, maybe even more per hour to work at McDonald's. Last night I was out to dinner with a good friend and I did my little, I can't believe how high everything is. What was $16 yesterday is $17 today. It just hit me so hard. And he said, Carm, let me share my McDonald's story with you. <laughs> he said, him and Sally were out just like a few days. They were headed, I don't know, can't remember where they were. It's just, 
We were hungry. We had a long way ahead. We pulled over to a McDonald's. We're going to get a cup of coffee and a McMuffin. The McMuffin was eight ninety five. He says he reminded me it was eight ninety five. Carm eight, and he kept going over and over. And I looked at him and I said, "What a shame! What a darn right shame that we're in this kind of position that we are questioning the cost of a breakfast sandwich." Bring that reality into the shop. Bring that reality into your shop. Everything you're talking about has everything to do with our labor rate as our highest profit center. Here's the other thing. Think about Walmart. Think about McDonald's. Any place you go into now, they're paying those people $18, $20 an hour, and you have to check yourself out. When was the last time in the industry we took away a service and charged more? Like We're still providing excellent service. Good point. But we're not making people, now I know we've got text to pay and some other stuff like that, but we're not taking services away to still provide that. It's crazy. Um, But it is what it is. You got to get with the times or the times are going to run you over. So, Carm, did you get that picture that I sent you? I do. I have it. Would you like to show it? Yeah, pull that up because this is a real eye-opener for shop owners. If you don't fix your labor rate now... When the EV comes, look at the BMW. Look how many parts are on there. We're not only going to lose parts, but every one of those parts has a labor time guide to R&R. We're going to lose the labor volume of operations. We have got to fix our labor rate now. So in 10, 15, 20 years from now, when there's more EVs coming in your door, you're able to sustain your business, grow your business, create the livelihood for you and your team and operate at a high level. If we keep the same LOF scarcity mindset heading into less parts, less labor, there's going to be shops dropping left and right. We've got to fix your labor rate starting today. So my challenge for you is at the end of this call, if you're listening, call a coach, whether it's one of us or there's a whole myriad of coaches out there. Change your labor rate today. If you just changed it a week ago, change it again. You'd be surprised how you you felt very little from your customers. Change it again. You'd be amazed. They won't know. Raise your value words and reasonings. We've got to make an impact in, in today's society to our consumers that it is the marketplace. We have to educate the customer that the marketplace has shifted and changed. And there are times where you will have business conversations with your customers to justify why prices are up. Not every customer, but the only way you can have that at a high level of value words and reasonings of why inflation, all the rest of that, is because you as a shop owner, you know the ins and outs of every KPI number in your business. Get to know your numbers. Get yourself a coach. Those of us with thousands of Excel spreadsheets, I belong to EA, Excel Anonymous, <laughs> but get to the point where you passionately know your business. And to get to the passionate part, you got to know your why. Get hold of your why. When you connect with your why, your labor rate will never be an issue. Do you think we convinced the audience? Wait a minute, stop. Listen, listen to all those labor rates going up. <laughs> no, here's what I hear. I hear that won't work in my shop. Yeah. yeah. You don't know my you don't know my customers. Yeah. You don't know my market. Yeah, I can't do that. I was in a, a shop in Canada and they had a heavy East India population. That won't work here. I said, Really? Let's try it. And here's how we're gonna present it. And they added one point two hours for Peritor in four or five days. Like, oh my gosh, it works that simple. Yeah, because guess what? People drive cars everywhere on this planet. People are people. There's four different people on this planet. Just speak to them and you'd be amazed at what you can go create. 
when you get fear out of the way. I did a, I don't know if I did a podcast on it or webinar or what it was, but shop owners get stuck in their fishbowl, right? So mm. just because they're only seeing their stuff, they believe that that's all there is and there is no more. As coaches, we feed a lot of fishbowl. So if anybody's going to tell you, you got to listen to the coaches out there and be like, okay, this person's done this hundreds and hundreds of times and it works out. You got to have a little bit of faith that we know what we're talking about, right? Well, here's a, here's a nice little side trick for uh, getting out of your fishbowl. When you have somebody come in with a new vehicle, okay, that they just bought, ask them to leave the repair history on the front seat of the car so that you can review it you will be able to see where they went. You'll be able to see what they bought. You'll be able to see what they were charged. It is absolute gold. And I've had other shops that I have trained with this and the information they have gleaned from it and the confidence they have gleaned from it is astounding. Well, guys, look at, I know we are are not going to fix the entire industry with a a one-hour podcast, but I I do want you to go around the room and and make your final last word based on the theme of this episode. But I want to cover things that over the years we have covered on our podcast, and that is the survivorship of our business. If you really have given up on it, then then give up on it and just put up a a shingle and say, hey, I'm for sale or I'm getting out and I'm going to go do something else like work for McDonald's, less stress. How about the return on your investment? I don't think there's enough clients in it. I know you all talk to your customers about the time they have invested, the money they have invested, and that would be a great look at a balance sheet. What's that? Finding financial freedom for yourself so that you don't question the fact you say to the wife or you say to the team, just go buy it because you're good with it. Being able to pay your people to retain some of the greatest talent and to be able to afford some really superstar talent that we have your retirement. I don't think enough people think about that until it's like, boom, right here and say, ooh, I've misstepped. Maybe I should have, would have, could have. And then everyone, I mean, think about the family and the college and the weddings, because we're getting ready to do a wedding. When you start thinking about the monies that you need to do those kinds of things, you say, look at the missteps that I've made all these years ago. Don't wake up one day and say, damn it, I should have listened to Carmen the gang on this particular podcast because all they were woofing was stuff so that they would get new clients. And every coach who's ever come on this particular show does it because they care about building a stronger aftermarket. Let's do Rick, Dave, and Coach Chris. Rick, your final words. You know, I understand being afraid. You know, fear is a constant companion. We're never going to lose fear. In fact, when you die, fear will be there. All you can do is win the battle, right? You can only win today's battle. And for some of you listening, you're struggling right now. You're struggling to make payroll. You're struggling to get your bills paid. But then at the same time saying, I can't raise my rates. And you're putting yourself in a double bind. Don't do that. Yeah, I'm going to tell you from experience, shops that thought they would go out of business by raising their rates, and it was absolutely the lifeline they needed. So step out in faith. Recognize there have been many, many more in front of you. It's not the number of cars you fixed and getting more in that's going to make your life better. It's going to be learning and understanding your numbers. That's what's going to make it better. Thank you so much, Rick. 180biz at 180biz.com. Dave? You know, one of the things that I said in my shop for years is I never paid my techs. I never paid my rent. I never paid taxes. I never did any of that. My customers paid for everything. 
your customers, do they want the best tech or the worst tech? They want the best parts, the worst parts. They want the best training, the worst training. They want the best of everything. Your customers want the best. The most moral, ethical thing you can do is to be profitable, 20 to 25% net profit, so that you are seamless when it comes to warranty. Zero pushback in your warranty. You know, the perfect love casts out fear. And in our business, the most two predominant business foundational pieces to build your business on is love and grace. Love your customers enough to be profitable. Love your customers enough to hire the best, have the best. Give your people the grace that they need that when they mess up, you challenge the gold. Grace is not letting it slide sweeping under the carpet. Grace is calling the gold out in people. And this, as a coach, I call the gold out in you. You are better than how you're showing up. How do I know that? Because I was a shop owner. I was an apprentice tech, master tech, fixed operations. And every time I... I look back, yep, could have showed up better, could have showed up better. What are the choices that you're going to make today? Perfect love, cast out fear. If you truly love yourself, your customers, and your team, go be profitable. Thank you, Dave. Uh, Master coach and mentor, CompuTrek Automotive Solutions at CompuTrekSystems.com. Rick, you said uh, during our thing, the quote from Denzel Washington, fear is contaminated faith. And I just wanted to repeat that because I think it is so damn powerful. It really is. Chris Cotton from the Chris Cotton Weekly Blitz podcast, heard on the Aftermarket Radio Network. Your final words, Chris? We all know that shop owners don't overthink anything, right? (laughs) So rather than waiting six months to make a change, make the change now. Trust somebody. All of us on this panel have, I think, 25% net or better, 70%, 75% or better on your labor margins, We're a small sample of the coaches in the industry, but if we're all aligned and telling you that's what you need, guess what? That's what you need. And if you're holding your business back, if you're holding your family back, if you're holding your employees back because of your fear, stop, get over yourself, be a business owner, grow up, put your big boy pants on, put your big girl pants on and stop doing yourselves and your employees and your customers a disservice. Just do it. Don't overthink it. Get a coach. Don't get a coach. Listen, I don't care, but do something. Stop doing the same thing. Preach it, Chris. Nice job at that. In fact, you all did a great job of preaching. Uh, Autoshopcoaching.com is Chris's website. Thank you so much. This is a great bookend to uh, the show we did a whole bunch of months back in Town Hall Academy 276. And uh, thank God we repeated this and we came in here. And I hope to heck that we pounded this message through to a few great shop owners that can see nothing but positivity in front of them once they, you know, get inside the numbers and realize that there's more to have as far as the profitability and success with hiring great people. Thank you, Rick, Dave, and Chris. Yep. Great. everybody. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.